Welcome to the Powerline Podcast, the official podcast of Greystone Power. I'm your host, Adam Elrod. On this month's episode, we're talking about major storms and how we as a company mitigate the effects of those with Vice President of Engineering, Nadia Fawcett, and Vice President of Operations, David Johnson. So let's jump right on in to episode number 18 of the Powerline Podcast. Every electric utility has to plan for major storms that have the risk of causing widespread outages. Some have hurricanes, snowstorms, and tornadoes. At Greystone, two employees work tirelessly to mitigate the effects of these storms. Vice President of Engineering, Nadia Fawcett, and Vice President of Operations, David Johnson. Nadia, David, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome, Adam. Good to be here. Thanks, Adam. Uh, Glad to be here. Wintertime can be a time for major storms. What type of weather patterns does Greystone tend to face that can cause major outages? That is a great question, Adam. Um, You know, every season brings just different challenges with it. Um, Obviously, right now with the winter season, we are, um, you know, preparing and, and for winter weather. Um, in winter, winter, obviously, if you have very, you know, low temperatures, freezing temperatures, you have rain at the same time, of course, you can get ice and sleet. And then, of course, winds um, that come into play. All of those things are a recipe for outages with trees falling and things of that nature. Um, in the spring, though, usually we used to get a break, but I would say last spring um, we had some pretty strong weather events that blew through. And then summer, obviously, with the afternoons, thunderstorms, um, really that June through August period, you you can expect that. And hurricane season really runs June through, I believe, late November. Um, So each season really does bring its own different challenges. So we just, of course, is what we do. We, We look at weather and really focus to make sure that we're prepared for what's to come. And you talked about winter weather, and just a few weeks ago, uh, Winter Storm Izzy came through our service area. We did very well during that event. I think we just had a few outages, and I don't think they lasted for too long. David, what preparations do our operations staff members put in place before these major storms? Well, first, Adam, I'd say uh, in in part of the preparation, uh, operations and engineering here at Greystone work very closely together to to make an assessment of what uh, we see as far as the weather predictions, and we monitor it very closely right up until when the storm actually hits to determine are we looking at uh, likely the likelihood of major outages widespread across our system, or are we looking at maybe minimum outages? Uh, you mentioned Easy. Easy is one of those that we were very cautiously observing it as it came through because depending on the temperature and precipitation and wind, um, those things can add up to cause uh, a lot of outages or minimal outages. As an example, if we just get wind we're probably looking at some outages in the system, depending on how much wind and what kind of gusts that we see with that wind. Typically, if we're seeing about a 15 to 20 mile hour wind, we're not going to be surprised to see some outages on the system. If we're seeing gusts in the 40, 50 mile hour range, we're going to see a whole lot more outages. If we're seeing uh, freezing rain, 
uh, followed by or along with temperatures below 32 degrees. That's the worst case scenario, uh, along with snow when the weather, when the temperature is down below 32. We're then going to see uh, downed trees and limbs on power lines, possibly broken poles, lines on the ground, that sort of thing. But we begin by assessing what are we looking at? What is the weather predictions telling us? And so depending on uh, what we're thinking we're seeing, first of all, we caution all of our operations staff uh, during the day and certainly before they go home by the end of the day or on Friday, if it's going to be a weekend, as an example, we say, be prepared, you may get a call so that everybody knows they may get called in depending on what happens. And we always have crews on call round the clock. As an example here at Greystone, we have six crews on call uh, after hours every day that are available to work outages. And with those crews, we make sure they all carry, if, it, if it's looking like it's going to be a, a serious situation, they will all carry uh, equipment home with them. Their work, regular work trucks will go home with them so that they can uh, be prepared to go directly to the outage in the event that there, there is one in their area. Uh, but we've done this many times, a uh, lot of experience here with the uh, crews that manage these and we just try to make sure that we've got everybody on call and ready to go to work in the event that we do have an outage. That's a lot of prep and planning and a lot of forward thinking. And you you mentioned it, engineering uh, is also heavily involved with all of that planning uh, to harden our system, to help reduce outages during these times. Nadia, can you give some insight into what goes into the engineering portion of storm prep? Sure, Adam. Um, everything from how we design jobs originally to monitoring um, storms and storm prep, as, as David mentioned earlier, um, all of those things are done with the mindset of how can we be as reliable as possible. So even when you think about design, if, as we are designing our lines um, to feed members, um, if there is a fault on the line, we design it so that we can reroute power and serve the member from a different direction. That's all the that, that's certainly one of the key things that we're looking to do when we put a design in place. So that if there is an issue, we can still isolate the fault that is taking place and then focus on how to get members' powers back on as soon as possible. Um, devices that are on our system. We have devices that can sense that there is a fault and respond to outages without any human intervention, without any involvement from any of our crews and things of that nature. That's the, the, the focus of making sure that we are investing in innovation and having systems with on our, our lines that can respond as soon as possible. Um, overall hardening of our system. I mean, what that looks like for us is even looking at the type of poles, the size of poles that we have, the type of wire, um, the length of the wire span, and really also focusing on making sure that we are putting lines underground as much as possible. So the majority of what we are installing today is underground. Obviously, that will be um, helpful in making sure that tree down trees don't affect it. We do have a, a portion of our system that is overhead, and so we're looking to make sure that we um, have the type of infrastructure in place 
so that if there is a fall, it will have the least amount of impact on the system. Um, in the next, I would say, four years, we um, we already invest millions, but we're investing even, even more um, millions of dollars into our system to really harden our system to make sure that not only that we are thinking about reliability, but also truly resilience um, in, in making sure that we have the ability to recover from large events to our system um, as soon as we possibly can. And then on the monitoring end of it, um, a, a part of our engineering division is system control. Um, that's the portion of our of our employees and their primary responsibility really is to monitor the weather, monitor the system and respond as soon as possibly remotely to restore power to our members. At the same time, they're engaging with our line personnel to make sure that it is an all in effort to get the power restored um, as, and in doing it as safely and as quickly as absolutely possible. So a lot of planning on both sides for sure. And, you know, not just planning for reliable power today, but quality power for the future. We have had a few significant storms over the past few years. David, what process uh, for restoring power during a major event and what are the priorities in those major events? Well, Adam, I'll, I'll answer the last part of that first. Um, safety is always our top priority. Uh, whether or not we are having a storm or just day-to-day -day construction and maintenance of our distribution facilities, safety is number one. Safety for the public, our members, and our employees. We want to make sure that, that everybody goes home safe uh, at the end of each day. During a major storm event, as you can imagine, <clears throat> safety becomes uh, or it, it's always a priority, but it becomes a very uh, significant concern during a major storm because now we're dealing with situations where uh, there's a there's a change. Just moving around on the system may be a difficult challenge if there are uh, trees across major roadways or you know even the smaller roadways. Our crews. Uh, have a difficult time in some situations just moving around on the system. And then often the time, oftentimes they're moving around on the system when there may be ice on the roads and other conditions that make just pure travel for those crews to be out and about uh, during that time. It makes it a difficult situation. So safety is number one priority, and, and we take, take that uh, very seriously here. And again, I said safety for both the public, our employees, and our members as well. But basically, when we have a major outage, a major event, what that means is we uh, typically have got several thousand members out during that situation. Um, typically, we know the members are out. We do prefer that they call and let us know, but we typically know they're out already due to the technology that's been built into the system. But we try to work on what's going to get the most members back home the fastest. As an example, let's say that we have a major roadway uh, with a power line going down that roadway, a three-phase power line, as we may call it. And there's a tree that has fallen onto the line and maybe broken the line, maybe broken a pole or something like that. And that's going to take, you know, a half a dozen of our uh uh, personnel working six or eight hours to get it uh, finished up. Um, doing that, if that will get, say, two or three hundred or two or three thousand members back home, we're going to focus on that versus 
a job where it may take a few hours of the same number of people working to get two or three houses back on. So we're going to focus on what gets the most people on the fastest, which of course is always going to be restoring the main feeders, the main uh, primary lines that, that, that carries power throughout the system. And then after we get those done, we work our way to those situations where there may be one or two or three houses out based on you know some issue in that in that location as well. But that's what we try to do. And it's, it's the best method overall to focus on it that way. And we do know that as we're doing that, you know, the question that we deal with uh, over and over again is, when will my power be restored? And that gets to be a very difficult, we understand the question, we appreciate the question, and we wish we could answer it. But that is the toughest situation uh, because when you get into those uh, situations in a major storm, you may pull up to a site and you've got a, a full crew with you and you see a downed tree and, and you got two broken poles, as an example. And, and you might could give yourself an estimation of how long it's going to take based on what it's done, you know, what it's been in the past to restore power with a couple of broken poles, et cetera. But typically, no two jobs are alike when you get into that in a storm situation and things may take longer or they may go quicker. So it's very difficult to estimate and know when that last person will be restored with service. But but we always ask people to just bear with us and uh, be patient during that time as we work through it. Now, it's a lot of great information for our members because you know until you've worked in that, you don't actually know exactly what is going on. I I've been out in a few storms, but I don't know everything that's going on because I'm not one that's working those jobs. So I think that really puts it above and beyond right there. With these few significant storms over the past few years, you have to make adjustments afterwards as well and look at what do, what could be done better, right? Nadia, what does that process look like? Because engineers do a lot of the planning, so y'all kind of take that ball. Absolutely. Um, from an engineering perspective, we are really focused. We've always done it, but we're focusing even more now in reviewing outages, reviewing, of course, outages in larger storms, but even reviewing, you know, individual outages um, to see how what took place in the outage, how did we respond, and really focusing on um, trying to find excellence in that whole process. Um, we're really focusing on the data. And so we've been really collecting, of course, data and seeing what does the data tell us and trying to make data-driven decisions. Um, most of the time, everything goes as planned. I mean, the systems operate as planned, things uh, operate as planned. Our teams do what everyone typically does, which is great. Um, but there always are areas for improvement. And so we're looking to see what are those areas is there a potential area for training our teams? Is a potential area for system improvement or innovate, new innovative solutions, or maybe even just how our processes are and, and, and how they flow? Is there opportunity there? So if there is an opportunity, we, we work to follow through with implementing solutions. Um, but the overall looking at outages, collecting data and reviewing outages has been very um 
very a very important part of continuing to focus on reliability. And it, although engineering is a big part of this, we have a reliability team that's really focused on doing all this work. So engineering is a part of it, but it's certainly operations, communications and other teams. And it really is an all out effort across the co-op to ensure that we're making that we're focusing on reliability. Now, both of y'all are veterans, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, so y'all know what the last question is. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our members? And I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to David since, Nadia, we made you go first. I'm going to let David go first on this one. Okay. All right. Thanks, Adam. So, you know, the first thing that comes to mind um, here again, I think, is really safety. You know, um, there are some things that uh, our members and the public need to be uh, aware of in these major outage events. Number one, if you see any downed power lines, don't go near it. Assume that it is energized. Stay away from it. Report it. Please report it. We respond to those and, and try to check those out as quickly as possible. Uh, and avoid any risk for yourself in those situations as much as possible. And we encourage you to, uh, as I mentioned earlier, please report your outage. We have technology, including your meter, that lets us know when you're out of power, but please report it. We've got a, you can call our uh, call center to report it, or you can use our app. If you haven't downloaded our app to do that, please do so at some time. Uh, it's very beneficial to do that. And uh, again, we, we appreciate your patience uh, working with us through those times. And um, we will always work as fast as we can to get the power back on to every single member as soon as possible. And, and I'll add to that, um, uh, that we are just, you know, continuously looking at ways to improve reliability. It's extremely important for us. We're making major investments. Um, we made a lot of investments across our service territory, and so we'll continue to do that um, through as as we as we go forward, as well as investing in innovative technologies. Um, and I, I really want to make sure that we mention our our talented, extremely talented team of employees. I mean, they are the difference um, as we continue to focus on reliability and making sure we can provide safe and reliable power to our members. I appreciate both of y'all and y'all's time for being with us uh, this morning. We're recording in the morning at least, so I say it that way. But I really do appreciate uh, y'all taking the time out to tell our members all about um, what we do to get ready for these potential major events. Thanks, Adam. Sure, Adam. Thank you. Well, that is all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining us for episode number 18 of the Powerline Podcast. And make sure you hit subscribe so you get each new episode every month directly into your podcast feed. And go ahead and rate us five stars and share the episode with all your friends and family. This has been the Powerline Podcast. Thanks for listening.